Yeah. Subject the listeners to Jimmy Garoppolo versus Matthew Stafford. As it the turned out, no one cares on, about. On yeah. Sunday, it was only Pat that had to listen to it, which. You must have, you must have loved attention. that. <laughs> I mean, it kept me awake for the the difficult one to half one period or whatever it was. So. <laughs> it wasn't that late. Uh, and, and or unless the, just the. the, the was, it's it. definitely Matt Stafford. Yeah, I'm 100% with you, Mark. Rich, Rich was. Rich thinks Jimmy Garoppolo might be good. No, my I argument Jimmy was... Jimmy Garoppolo might, is an alright quarterback. Jimmy he's Garoppolo is... plenty of games, but he's not as good as Matt Stafford. Oh, so we're going to do it now? Yeah. Start no, now. <laughs> no my, my argument was Jimmy potential for 10 years versus Stafford good now, but three years. And, and Adam was like, no, he's rubbish. He turned into Craig, basically. I did, yeah. Oh, dear. Um... Did, did, did anyone get you a drink? <laughs> no, no. Welcome along. This is the Long Sapper Podcast. We have had some championship games in the NFL. We know who the Super Bowl is going to be between. Um, so this is the place to get all your expert analysis. It's Adam, Rich, Pat and Mark to bring it to you this week. How are we all? Obviously, other than Mark, we know how you're going to be. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm sad. The Undertaker was coming on this week. <laughs> yeah, plenty of, plenty of phenomenal football teams have gone into Arrowhead in the AFC Championship game and come out on the wrong end of it. Don't worry about that. Um, we may get into that. <laughs> and the Titans. Yay. Sorry, um, let that go. Obviously, before we discuss any of these things, um, we'll kick off the show with how we always kick off the show, um, with a little quiz. Now, um, it's not Blockbusters. It's not anything like Blockbusters, but it is going to be Mark against Rich and Pat. Now, I don't like this, by the way, when you pitched this idea earlier on. I'm, I'm, I don't I'm like it sure. either. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure I'm down with this. <laughs> um, it might look as if things are stacked against you, but, uh, but bear with me. Um, the theme of this quiz is going to be um, Mr. Tom Brady, who, spoiler alert, um, he may have got himself into yet another Super Bowl. Now, in fact, spoiler alert, if you're listening to this podcast to find out what happened at the weekend, then <laughs> question everything you're doing. <laughs> Change your lifestyle now. Or e equally, if you're listening to this podcast expecting not to have spoilers about the championship games, then again, <laughs> you're probably doing something wrong. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> um, Tom Brady... Right. Um, <laughs> what else are they going to... Oh, let's hope they talk about everything other than the championship games. <laughs> Which actually is possible, to be I really fair. want to know about Dan Campbell at the Lions, please. Let's hope they get into that. <laughs> is he the kneecap guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, de we, we're definitely going to talk about him. Um, right. A Tom Brady quiz is happening. Mark, you're going to be on your own. Um... It's what it's it's basically naming things from a list and you're gonna you're all gonna take it in turns. Um, but Mark, you've got a slightly different list to Rich and Pat. Um, and it's last man standing. Um, you get you get one wrong, you're out of the quiz. Um, brilliant, brilliant. If Rich or Pat gets one wrong, you it's down to the other guy. Um, 
Sorry, Pat. Rich, it's on you. And Pat, your list is longer. Now, you are going to name starting quarterbacks that Tom Brady has beaten in the playoffs during his career. Okay? Okay. Um, some may have done it more than once, and if that's the case, you're allowed to say them again. What? Ooh. So, if, if a quarterback <laughs> has been beaten by Tom Brady more than once, you could say, say that name twice. But I'm not going to tell you until you have, or it's too late. Um, Mark, similarly, your list is going to be quarterbacks who have beaten Tom Brady in the playoffs in his well, career. That's, a, that's probably a really small list. Well, I'll talk you through how long that list is, because Tom Brady has a 20-year has a career. Hear me out. Six rings. There's this year, and he hasn't lost yet this year. Um, he didn't make the playoffs in 2002, and he had an ACL injury in 2008. So if you're paying attention, that leaves 11. Um, there may be some duplication of quarterbacks, but as I say, you're allowed to say them multiple times. I, I heard a stat that he, since he's been born, he was in 23% of all Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, I think Adam sent that. Since he was born? It's, not, well, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, what, what was he doing in his early life, the lazy bastard? Well, that's true. <laughs> when Steve Young and people like that were, uh, were having a go. Right. Um, I'll start. It's going to go Rich, Pat, Mark in that order. Um, let's see how this goes. Um, so are you clear on what you're trying to do here? Because this might be very quick. <laughs> I think. Um so try and think about it carefully. Um, Rich and Pat, as I say, you're naming people that he has beaten. Yeah. Does my does my list have pe like people that I can potentially name more than once? Yes. Okay. Yeah, in good. the same good. way. Good. Good. I think I, I think that in that case, I think I know one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have. Well, you don't have eleven names, but you can name people eleven times if you see yeah. what I mean. In fact, I'm going to tell you how many names you've got. You have got seven names. God. Okay. Rich and Pat, between you, you've got 27 names. Okay. So it does feel like the odds are stacked against Mark, but, yeah. you know, we've, we've seen this film before. So <laughs> that's another reason why I'm going to start with Rich and Pat, and then we're going to go to Mark. So, Rich, kick us off. Give us a name. I'm going to go with the obvious Manning, Peyton. Manning, Peyton. You can have him. Yes, Pat. Um, I am going to go for Blake Bortles. <laughs> Very good. Shout. <laughs> Correct. Right, Mark. Uh, I'm also going to go with Manning, Peyton. Okay. And you would be correct. And back we go to Rich. And I am also going to go with Manning, Peyton. Okay. Well done. <laughs> you are still and in it. And now it becomes a gamble. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pat. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is correct, but only very recently. Uh, Mark. <laughs> um, I will stick with Manning, comma, Peyton. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, you are still in it, Rich. That's the one I need. <laughs> um, this is the bit where I fail to think of any quarterbacks. <laughs> what I perhaps should have said, which may help all of you, obviously this includes Super Bowls. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I was assuming it was. But I can only think of one that he's <laughs> he's lost rather than one that he's won. Oh, my brain is just gone. To a certain extent, um, I'm letting you store for a bit as I, as I have a gut feeling this quiz might not last that long. Um, <laughs> prove me wrong. <laughs> Give us a name. 
Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers, well done. Pat. Jared Goff. Jared Goff, of course. Correct. Right, Mark. I will go with one of two Super Bowls and go with Eli Manning. Uh, yeah, well done. <laughs> um, the one that I kept thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's confusing, isn't it? Um, that's part of the idea. Rich, um, you'll go again. Just because I think there's multiple here, I'm going to go with Manning, Payton again. And you are out. Oh, oh. Um, luckily, your teammate is still in, um, who we're now going to go to. Pat. Suspense. Uh, let's not stay in suspense very long and go Matthew Ryan. Matthew Ryan is correct, of course. All right, Mark. I will go with Tother Super Bowl and Eli Manning. Yes. Lots of Mannings from you, Mark. Uh, and we, we go back to Pat. It's just a straight shootout between you two. Pat's list is longer. Let's go for Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is correct. All right. Back to you, Mr. Salen. Um, so I'm starting to struggle now. I, I think Cooper I'm... Manning? <laughs> yeah, Archie. Um, <laughs> I think I'm on fairly safe ground. Um, you're not talking that far away if I go with Nick Foles. You will be absolutely fine with that. Nick Foles, well done. Good, thank you, thank you. Um, Pat. Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger, yes, absolutely. I mean, their list, their list is literally any quarterback that's played, like, in the last three or four years, surely. And well, yet, I still managed to fail miserably. <laughs> <laughs> Mark. Yeah, let's, let's see who wins this quiz before you moan. <laughs> and it's your turn. Um, who knocked him out last year? Oh, was it your lot? It was your lot, wasn't it? Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is correct. Yes. That's the only reason he's done this quiz. Just for that answer. <laughs> Which we might not have even got to. <laughs> um, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, well done, Pat. Yes. Um, Mark, back to you. Oh, I'm proper buggered now. Um... I might try... No, I don't think he's not played Eli again. Has he lost to Peyton again? Is that what you're going to say? I, I, I might, yeah. I, I can't think of anyone else, so I've got a feeling that there might be another um, another Manning in there. Let's go with Manning. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm Come on, Mark, stop stalling. <laughs> this time, yeah. I am going to accept Peyton Manning. Um, you are oh, is, still... there a, is there a three? Brilliant. There was a third Peyton Manning. I don't right. think there's another. <laughs> Well, we'll find, we might find out. And Pat, back to you. Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. Yes, well done. Um, Mark. Oh, I think now we're looking like... We're talking like nearly 10 years ago now. Are we? I think yeah. so. Um... I mean, it, it, to be fair to you, he's only lost on four more occasions that you haven't got yet. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm fairly, I'm sure that one of them is like to some no name from like 15 years ago, but they're probably all like no names from 15 years ago now. <sighs> I don't know. I'm going to give you a clue. 
Go on then. And I don't, I don't give those out lightly. Two of the four <laughs> remaining defeats are to current active players in the NFL. A starter in the NFL? Uh, <laughs> very much a main course in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> is, this, is this guy very much now an afterthought in the NFL then? Oh, well, why don't why do you, you say who, who it is? I can't think of any starters in the league now that have beaten him in the playoffs because I think all the most recent ones I've already named. Um, but who's still in the league? Somebody who started a game, at least a game, in the 2020 season. Um, That's everything. That you're not getting any more out of me. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, ooh. Oh no, he's had an inkling. Oh no. Some, someone. Ah. Oh, and an R. Yeah, so someone who Just... beat him, I think, once. Flacco? I'm going to give you Joe Flacco. Well Joe done. Flacco. Pat, if you can remember as far back as to know what we're doing here, it's back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I think Marcus Mariota was one of his victims. Playoffs. You are correct. It's literally just any any quarterback. Um, <laughs> <laughs> their list might have been eight quarterbacks that have played. <laughs> You're still Mine's in it, Mark. Name the seven people who have beaten him. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't know any others. Well, you may well, as well have. I'll, I'll have a guess that you know because I because I literally can't think of anyone else. I maybe one of the ones. Is one of the ones I've mentioned got another one? <laughs> Maybe. I can't say. All right. I'll, let's say that. Oh, I don't know. It's not Eli Manning. He hasn't again. Peyton to kind of beat him more times than that. Foles again? I don't know. No idea, Adam. I'm out. I don't think Nick Foles has beaten anyone twice, has he? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, well, maybe the, maybe the, um, like a potential. Could, did the Dolphins under Tannehill ever get there? Yeah, I think they've got to think about the Dolphins. Let's go with Brian Tannehill a second time. All right, Foles and Tannehill are both wrong. Um, <laughs> Pat, I'm going to say Pat and Rich get some music, but I don't think Rich deserves any. Oh, only Pat. <laughs> uh, only Pat. <laughs> I mean, only Mahomes. <laughs> um, just to rub it in a bit while the music's playing, I'm going to read some names that you you may have missed um rich and pat people that tom brady has beaten include alex smith. smith alex smith yeah andrew luck and ben roethlisberger both for the second time brock osweiler byron leftwich chad pennington david garrard donovan mcnab drew Brees, jake delome drew Brees was only two weeks ago rich um <laughs> cordell stewart kurt warner matt Shaw. Philip Rivers twice again. Yeah, he he got he lost three times. Rich Gannon, Steve McNair, Taylor Heineke, only three weeks ago. Um, Tim Tebow finished that off. Mark, you could have had um, you could have had Joe Flacco again. Uh, um, you could also have had Mark Sanchez, which uh, I imagine Craig will be screaming at his Sanchez. Podcast. God, yeah, of course. And Jake Plummer, um, which is going back a little bit. Um, but yeah, they, that may have been stacked a little against you, for which I don't apologise. No, neither, sh- neither should you. <laughs> um, all right, let's 
let's talk NFC, shall we, Mark? Um, yes, we'll just we'll make you wait a bit longer, um, which you might be quite happy with. Um, a couple of, well, we we thought there were going to be two excellent games, and that they were. And the the first one, obviously, being the Bucks and Packers. Pat, you were in the minority on this podcast with being convinced that the Bucks were were going to win, and that they did. They came out of the blocks well. They started extremely well. Their opening drive, um, which was there was a lot of Mike Evans to kick them kick them off. Um, I mean, you you could argue they didn't look back. I mean, how how good did the Bucks look to you? Everything you expected, I assume. I mean, the the big surprise was Green Bay barely establishing their run game whatsoever. The Buccaneers had more of that, starting with Fournette and then bringing in Jones when the holes were created and and there was um, that kind of spelling going on. Um, I was impressed with the Buccaneers, particularly impressed with the Buccaneers defense, which shut down what had been a red hot Green Bay. Um, And, you know, that showed in the second half when Brady threw a couple of picks and Green Bay still couldn't overcome a five point deficit, even with a couple of drives to do so. You know, that not many teams would survive that sort of offensive mistake against Green Bay. The narrative is going to be all about Brady, and it, to a certain extent, <laughs> probably rightly so. But the the defenses, for me, were were stark differences. And it, actually, the Green Bay offense probably played played better than the Bucks offense into the second half, anyway. Yeah, I thought Brady on the whole was like, save for a couple of throws, he was pretty rubbish in this game. So, like you said, second half especially, two of those interceptions were square on him. Um, it was it was. Jason Pierre-Paul and um, Chad Barrett that bailed them out consistently. Yeah, they yeah. The defensively they were they were superb, but it it felt like it was first half. It was a game of moments, wasn't it? And there was like the the Leonard Fournette run was like when he had been stopped and then manages to rumble in for a touchdown that gives them that, that gives them the, the major advantage. I and love then, a spin move like that. Yeah, <laughs> incredible. Just... And the throw um, you know, where you've you've had the. Um, the the interception and then Tom Brady and the, and, the, and the Buccaneers go for it on fourth and three, which will come to going for it on fourth down a little bit later on. Um, but they go for it on fourth and three. The very next play, the huge pass to Scotty Miller to make it 21-10 at half time. And you felt like just the, the Buccaneers, especially in the first half, they had all the moments, whereas the, the Packers got down into the red zone, whereas in the regular season, they'd been the best red zone offense in the league, couldn't punch it in. And they just had more of those moments that in games like this, where defences were incredible, you need those big plays. And the Buccaneers, first half especially, had them in spades. And three massive moments from Chris Godwin. There was a fairly easy drop, followed by a long bomb that he caught, kind of middle of the field, just bullied off the uh, defender who was covering him and pretty much had position, but not and once he got a shoulder in the way and uh, leapt up and made a really good first down catch. The most impressive one for me, or the, the worst sign for Green Bay, I guess, was I think it was like third and 13 or something. They passed it to Godwin about five yards and he still managed to go for 14 down the middle, yeah. Yeah. weaving a couple of tackles. Green Bay needed to wrap that up and force a punt and they couldn't. And that's the sort of thing that gets you behind the scoreboard. And Green, Green Bay's... That. Green Bay's third down defense was an issue, especially in the first half. Um, they kept they kept sort of forcing the Bucks to third and long-ish or third and mid-range, and then letting them get a first down. Um, 
that sequence just before half time is the thing I I, I want to talk about. And that that was that was just so big in the context yeah. of the game. Okay, the Bucks had the lead, but um, to give up seven points when it looked as though both teams were not really getting anything going, and you're thinking, right, it's almost one of those where either team will kneel down and settle for this going into half time. They, I questioned the use of one of the, the Bucks calling a timeout, but it didn't matter. They ended up in a situation where they had, I think it was six seconds left before half time, too far out to kick a field goal. The only play, you know, other than maybe a quick out to get them a bit closer, which even that was debatable whether they had time to do. The only thing that Green Bay had to defend was their end zone and they couldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. That, and, that um, was just a massive fail. Yeah, and Matt LaFleur was very quick after the game to throw his defensive coordinator under the bus. Um, <laughs> despite his own failings and shortcomings, he was very quick to say that, you know, you have to do better in that situation. And he's right in so much that knowing that that is the only thing that you need to keep them out of. You just need to keep them out of the end zone at that point. Play 10 men along the line of scrimmage, uh, yeah, along, yeah. The, along the goal line. Don't bother about anything else. Well, um, Because the Bucks had burned that extra time out, it meant that they didn't, that was their only option. So yeah. I was I was criticising them for doing that, but I mean, it it didn't matter because of defensive you, stupidity. And it, I wonder if there's an element of the fact that you've got um, Scotty Miller, who's proven to be good at that type of pass throughout the season, but when you're covering Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you have to leave him like on, in man coverage, and he's so quick, it almost doesn't matter how good your your DBs are, and your best DB isn't going to be on Scotty Miller as just it proved. De- in just defend the end zone. Yeah. Just defend the end zone. Yeah, yeah. If he's tackled in the field of play, it's half time. It yeah. doesn't matter. I, abso- I absolutely agree with that. And it is a huge swing when you think potentially you're 14 13 or maybe even 14 17 going in ahead at half time. But this is this is not what kills you. The inability to turn three interceptions into more than seven points is what kills you. Lafleur showed his inexperience as a young head coach and offensive, allegedly offensive guru. This felt like him trying too hard, trying too much and just not being able to get the best out of his offense at the moment. He really needed it. I think, I mean, all of these things kill you to say seven points just before half time that shouldn't have been points kill you because you've lost the game by five points. I mean, yeah. And again, it's it's moments, isn't it? Because in, but in it's, it's little tiny moments because in that in the build up to it you had the Rodgers interception to Murphy Bunting who has been brilliant in the in the postseason by the way mm-hmm. um, for Tampa for Tampa Bay. But then there should have been an interception straight back, but the the Green Bay DB drops the dolly right. of an interception, and then it's fourth and three all of a sudden they go for it and then they score. It's just like in that first half especially, Tampa just managed to capitalize. Um, that bit better on those key plays that mattered, um, and then then I agree with Rich. You get the the interceptions that Brady kept on throwing up, and to come away with seven points. And on two of the drives, I think like managed to get something like negative five yards or something from them combined. Um, you're not going to win many games doing that. We'll come, to, we'll come to the we'll come to because... the field goal decision in a minute. But Rich, if, on those those drives after the turnovers that Green Bay had the ball. Yeah. Uh, what what's the, what happened there? Is is this is this just poor offense or is this the Bucks really stepping their authority on defense? I think I think there's an element of the Bucks stepping up and their off- their defensive line 
did dominate against the, the I mean, we know that Green Bay were missing a tackle, which obviously makes a big issue at that point. But my my issue is that they are they're going into the passing game in it, time and time again in those situations. And Aaron Jones has been brilliant. You're only down five points. You don't need to panic at this point of the game. And and to me, there's an element of play calling, particularly when you've got the momentum, right? You've got you've been 28-10 down and now you're at 28-23. You should be able to take advantage of that. It, it my mind boggles because it it it's it's so frustrating to look at the opportunities they had. And from from a Green Bay perspective, obviously the Bucks looked immensely know who that was uh the bucks looked immensely uh brilliant in the first half here but they looked flat in the second half and the green bay just couldn't do anything about it especially after that bonkers start to the half where the the right aaron jones fumble and yeah there was there was more ridiculous play calling as well if you think that they went for it on two they went for two points after the the one interception they managed to convert into the touchdown to adams to go for it on to go for it there knowing that there's still quite a long way left in the game seemed curious, especially considering they had yet another drop on the two points yep. to Tonyan. Um, and that meant it's as soon as the Buccaneers got the the points that they, they got off the off the next score on the field goal, it's it, it means you're you're playing catch up a lot. And as it turns out that potentially having to go for eight points was what what it cost them in the end. Yeah, I think it was Equinemius and Brown that dropped the two point. That was it. Slam that was it it's kind of this. This was more what I expected from Green Day, Green Bay, for more of the season. I think Green Day well, have been very Green good Day. for long, I, a I long time. Green Day just in you know, they, the last um, album was questionable, but come on, they <laughs> got a fairly patchy receiving core, which has done more than we expected. Um, I think a, a fairly telling stat is that only one of their nine draft picks played a snap in the yeah. playoffs and that yeah. just tells that's you that better. what they built for this season wasn't that much of an improvement at all on the previous season so to have got as far as they've got was overachieving based on what i expected at the start of the season and uh, yeah it's ended kind of as expected the weird thing for me here is you look at the score of 31 26 and you think this is a tight game it's gone backwards and forwards and if you if you didn't know anything about the actual flow of the game but this it didn't go that way. Like it, it was all right. Bucks, and then it was all Green Bay, and Green Bay just seemed to shoot themselves in the foot. They just couldn't get over the line. They just couldn't have the, those plays that the Bucks had. They just didn't manage on two red zone possessions. They kept on throwing it to Devontae Adams, who kept on not being able to haul it in when he's been electric at doing that. That's all you know. He's been fantastic at doing that the entire season. But he couldn't do it here. They dropped the two-point conversion. They dropped the percent, the potential interception. They just kept on shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, and there's the uh, controversy of the varied defensive pass interference called. So you, you could argue the book's interception sort of been overturned. And you can argue that if you're not overturning that, then you shouldn't call the one that effectively ended the game, giving the book's first down. So they but, could just kneel out the clock. They could that either way, because his shirt's clearly being tugged. But... Equally, there were others where shirts were clearly being tugged that weren't called earlier in the game. Yeah, and, so, and the point is that yeah. Green 
Bay had had multiple opportunities to take the lead before that penalty. So it's not like that was the only reason they didn't take the lead. They had and, their chances and they blew and the, it. And the fact is, they were only trying. It was only such a massive thing because they were trying to, to like get the ball back, given when they were still five points behind, which was entirely their own fault. We also we also seem to be uh, disagreeing about which particular miscue costs them the game, which <laughs> probably is a bad sign. <laughs> um, there was many. <laughs> I mean, let's let's talk about how not how the game ended ended, but how it virtually ended. Um, the Packers are eight points down, first and goal on about the ten, which is never a nice spot for first and goal because of the shortness of the field. But um, their third and goal on what about the eight or nine i think yeah. and rogers to me had while scrambling a little bit looked like he he may have had enough room to get in the end zone if not only... he could have gone for a jog in the countryside and he yeah. would have found someone else quicker yeah um, i didn't turned, understand turned that, that decision. Down, okay but this, it, that pass, this that is caught it's forgotten about but it, it wasn't so as and, and as he has alluded to since then that was that was a play of a man who thought he had another down to go uh May yep yeah, maybe but you'd rather because have it, down if you think if you think yes but if eight. you think you're about to get smashed in the face if he sees someone that we haven't seen because I still haven't seen the the overhead shot from Fox because they were desperate to not show it um, but if <laughs> if he thinks he's about to get smashed in the face why not like th- chuck it off I mean you you would you think you would run it and he's perfectly capable of doing that but if you throw it and it's an incompletion you've got one more go, so that's fine. Then to suddenly like turn around and see your kicker trotting onto the field, that's when you kind of think... Because uh, I think everyone watching that game was like, why is the kicker out there? Yeah. I do why, not I, get I, that. I, you've, got, you've only got two and a half minutes. What, exactly. two minutes? Not two even minutes. two minutes. Not Just over two minutes left yeah, two in minutes the game. And, like, two minutes and four seconds, I think. It was hardly anything. It was Right. I do not the understand the why the you kicked thing, field goal there. The only thing I'd say in in their defense and i i don't agree that that's what they should have done by the way i'm just i'm just pointing out that fourth and goal from the eight or nine yard line is a pretty low percentage spot for most uh, it's, teams it's a this horrible... is like this is the team i know, I know the I know. best in the league at that yeah but i'm just i'm just i'm just vaguely explaining why they might have thought that way and um, they for, for them to kick the field goal and win a lot of other stuff had to go their way, you know. They yeah. they basically had to they had to stop the Bucks getting a first down, which they didn't, um, and that's quite a big thing when you when you're playing a team with Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Cameron Brake, uh-huh. Gronkowski, Chris yeah. Godwin, etc. Um, and yeah, they couldn't do that. Yeah, I, I totally. I'm not saying <laughs> that's what I thought they should do. Their best chance of winning the game was surely um, to to go for it there and give Rogers another shot at the end zone. Yeah, I don't understand why you're whatever you're doing now i don't understand why you're not running the ball at least some of the time in that in that play because you've got aaron jones who only got six carries in the entire game but was still four and a half yard average you know i feel like if you rush the ball four times there you're gonna score on one of those runs the way he's this, run the ball this is where season. this is where you've you've, you've got question Lafleur a bit um and we yeah. we i teased jack for mentioning it about 37 times um but he's right that's the annoying thing um it's not as if it's not as if he's wrong he's repeatedly right um the fur 
the fur bottled it a bit, but abandoning the run when the run's been a big part of what's made your team perform really well again. It's not the Packers of four or five years ago, which were just all Aaron Rodgers. They've had a ground game. They've had yeah. a very efficient ground game and they've, they've, they've panicked from being behind and abandoned it completely. I'm going to go back to my bugbear of the last few years of teams that have the ability to run the ball and where it's been working in that game, going away from the run because of the scoreboard when you're down middle of the third quarter you've got an entire half i've seen teams who can run the ball rack up huge scores in a half when it's going well for you yeah. you don't need to go away from it look at the ravens yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> look this at to... look at the nfc championship game last year this this to me just says that for for whatever reason and i can only assume it's because they'd struggled in the red zone in that game up to that point and in that second half the, the Buccaneers hadn't really been able to do anything and Tom Brady was throwing interceptions for fun. So it 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 can only be that LaFleur thought that he would get a chance. He would be able to stop them and he would get another chance to have a go because it wasn't working what they were doing. But you like you take what you can get with two minutes to go. There's not long enough. And you might have so, all your, so, all your time so much else as so got, much else has got to go your way. You've not you've not only got to stop the Bucks getting a single first down you've but then you've got to score again field. you've got yeah. to get down there again and yeah. you know it's it's yeah, yeah. It's i don't it's, it's, i don't mind this call as much if you can't tie the game with a two-point conversion at this point if you're nine points down you've got to score twice fine you kick the field goal at that point and then go for you know yeah. trying to get a turnover and a touchdown but you're eight points down. Like five. No, you're nine it. points down. You definitely kick a field goal. Right. Yeah. You're more desperate anyway at that point. Yeah. But... Which is five. So that getting the yeah. score then wins the game. So go yeah. get it. You're there. Yeah. Go get it. It's yeah. Like it's it's honestly. I mean, yeah. I'd, it was it was gutless. It was it was pathetic. It was. Yeah. You've got to think. Lafleur has shown a huge improvement for Green Bay this year. You've got to credit him with some of turning that that you know Green Bay from what looked like a, a, a franchise in decline to one that's you know making championship games again. But this this you've got to hope for their from their perspective that this was a learning experience for him because he shat the bed. But it it I mean. It's it's difficult. It's the NFC Championship game. Um, he's not the only coach or player to have shat the bed <laughs> in the playoffs when it counts. It doesn't matter how good you are. You know, yeah. you, you could argue that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers they haven't played their best games by any means, um, yeah. and they, these are all time greats at the game. And it's, it doesn't matter how, even if you've been there before, it still yeah. gets you the pressure. It's different from a Bruce Bruce Arians against whoever. Bruce Arians had a fourth and three at the end of the first half. He could have easily punted the ball away, played safe and got into the locker room. He didn't. He went for it. He took his chance and the very next play he threw a touchdown. He yeah. went for it, but he took a t- he burned a timeout thinking about it that ended up not mattering. <laughs> but yeah. I'm just saying, you know, that's, it's still, he's still frozen a little bit. And this is the winning head coach who we're, we're praising. It's, I think it's one of those things where if if they don't have that series of interceptions from Brady in the second half, if, if the Bucks get field goals on those drives, I think we're looking at this very differently in terms of, well, the Bucks got up, they got up early enough, 
the the ser- sequence before halftime and the interception by by Rogers is the thing that killed them. Well played, Buccaneers. Move on. It's that sequence right in the middle of the second half that you think, yeah, it, what could have been for the Packers there, and what should have but, been. Frankly, they should have won. Right. Given how given how poorly the Bucks played second half, and like the Bucks offense because yes, the Bucks defense, yeah, yeah, correct, yeah, yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Half. And I think that's the key thing. It's that in those two drives, um, the the front seven of of Tampa Bay was out of this world good, and that's what's got them to the Super Bowl probably. Yeah, and that's that's where it becomes interesting because I know we're going to preview the Super Bowl next week rather than this week. But I'd be a little bit worried if I were the Chiefs looking at the way that that defence played. It's when, uh, the, thing that, the, the only thing they need to hope is that their safeties are back fit because when they went off injured in the second half, that's when it all started to fall apart for the Buccaneers a little bit defensively. Um, the, the front seven is excellent, but they, they need to get players back fit. Can I have two last Green Bay shout-outs before we move away from Green Bay completely? Um, one shout out Jaguar's old boy uh, Mercedes Lewis, who <laughs> put JPP on his ass in my favourite um, replay of the entire game, <laughs> and uh, you should shout out Trayvon Williams, first tough man to lose in the playoffs twice in a season. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, amazing. That's that's a, to... he, was he the one who played for the um, Colts? Yeah, he's been knocked out of the playoffs twice this year. Yeah, he played for the Colts, and then because of the change in rules, he was allowed to move teams, so he went to play. He, I think he retired. Yeah, I was, was going to say, how is that allowed to... Oh, yeah, anyway. was, there was a change in rules this year, I think. So he um, came out of retirement, played for the Colts, and then retired again and went to the Packers. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> a bit odd. But yeah. Pat, congratulations to you for being the only person who maybe right... I don't know about overestimated, well, gave the Buccaneers the credit they deserve. Maybe didn't overestimate the Packers like we all did. Um, but there was some quite flashy evidence to suggest that they they might have done better. I mean, to balance it out, I suggested the books wouldn't make the playoffs at all. So, uh, you know, swings and roundabouts. Well, you've gone all in and fully the other way. <laughs> I should have you started say... with my, my pre-playoff shout that I had a sneaky suspicion the Bucks were going to make the Super Bowl and then I changed <laughs> before this game. What an idiot. We we believe too much of what we see. That's the yeah. that's that's a mistake. Yeah. Um, if you if you're a Packers fan though, like, as as you say, they should have won. There's so many what ifs, almost like more what ifs from one game than I can remember from anybody, and that that must eat away at you. Um, speaking of eating away at you, um, we've waited long enough, Mark. And we need to we need to get into well a prediction of. Yeah, we we were all convinced that um, either Patrick Mahomes wasn't going to play, or Patrick Mahomes will be a shadow of his his former self. Neither Bob, Bob, of which on, Bob, case. On, Bob on as usual, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although Buffalo started well, um, yeah. Buffalo scored first. They were nine points to the good. A missed well, a mixed ex, missed extra point from being ten points to the good. Yeah. Um, and in between the field goal and the the mixed extra point, obviously was the the muff punt and and the only stop that Pat Mahomes has had in the last two games. Every other possession he's had, he's scored. You, you made them angry. That's the problem. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, f- good first drive. Decent, looked all right. Went for it on fourth down. We're aggressive, brilliant. Uh, we'll get onto that later. Um, and then stopped, stopped Pat Mahomes. 
which was great. Muff punt all of a sudden, score the touchdown, 9-0 up. And that was as good as it got. If only the referee had stopped it there. (laughs) It was a weird one because we said in the early Buffalo drives, it's great to see Buffalo sticking to what's worked for them, sticking to all the good things they've done during the season when they've looked so impressive. They haven't changed their strategy because of the stature of the team they're playing, the importance of the game. And that didn't last beyond like the first quarter. They got the lead and then they got a bit conservative and then they got behind and then they couldn't change the mindset and they couldn't get Diggs involved, who's been their most important threat. And it was just all... It was hard to work out where the Bills' good play had gone and why it wasn't firing. Uh, so many, so many things were wrong with this that it was. It, uh, I, I look at it from the fact that at least it wasn't a defeat that was close, because I would have, I would have been much worse had we lost a nail biter than just getting boat raced, which just despite the score not looking ridiculous, it, this this was from nine nil down, from nine nil up, that was it. They they completely took over from that point. We. We couldn't figure out a way and we didn't seem to have schemed a way to to guard Travis Kelsey the whole the whole game. And I know it's difficult to do, and not many people this season especially have figured out a way to to stop Travis Kelsey, but we didn't even try. The amount of times he was stood with no one within ten yards of the guy was was fairly criminal. They they we had to, we went into it and all the talk was you've got to stop the the Kansas City big plays. Well they they had them in abundance all night, regardless of what we tried to do. Our, our offensive game plan um, looked, you couldn't really tell what they were trying to do. Um, it, the, the Kansas City coverage, as, as Tommy, Romo, Tommy Romo alluded to quite a few times, was was excellent with more than a few holds not called by the officials. Um, but the amount of times that you look at Josh Allen's options and he just doesn't have any, I think you have to question the coach's decision to put people like Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis in the game when clearly Gabriel Davis, who got one target, wasn't wasn't fit. Cole Beasley, as it turns out, had a broken leg. Um, so if the coaches knew that, why is he playing? Just because it took, yeah, just, just a just a flesh wound. To um, be fair, he got eighty eight yards off seven receptions and nine I know, targets. But he was he was. That one of the few. I think that's just an insane thing. It's not a reason for a defeat. It's not as if <laughs> no. Cole Beasley is shot right. the bed. And <laughs> you have to, given that, given that we we were unable to stop them at any point, and given that no one is able to stop them, it almost doesn't matter what you do. Given that if you sit back, they'll just dump it over to Travis Kelsey for 10, 15 yards every time. If you attack them, they'll chuck it to um, to Hill, who'll run for seventy yards without even trying. You have to, as Pat alluded to, you have to play aggressive. And if we're taking two field goals, one that's a 20-yard chip shot, one that's a 25-yard chip shot, you're you're in the red zone. Traditionally, we were another very good team in the red zone. And parallels to the Packers in this game, we did struggle to punch it in multiple times in the red zone. But you've, I'm sorry... Our RMO all season has been, you go for it. Sean McDermott has been one of the most aggressive on fourth down coaches that you have. And the two calls to go for field goals, you're not going to beat the Chiefs by by getting field goals. What was the yardage on those marks? One of them, we were on the four. One of them, I think it was about the eight. So the one just before half time was fourth and two. 
and that's that was the, the one, one we just had the pastor knocks beforehand that he'd been stopped um and i don't know i think i, d- I given don't think that you've that... got given you've got josh fucking allen <laughs> you know you can he can run it up the middle for two yards pretty much every play you would think I, apart from I the one 15 like... yard sack yeah well, well there was there was a few of those pat I feel like this was the one where if you if you are if you're taking that chip shot field goal when you're at fourth and two just before half time, you then go in at the half with all of your players feeling deflated because they're all up for it. They want to go for it there. They yeah, want to try and get wrong messages. back within five points. And and that to me isn't it's just not a good place to be, especially when you know that Casey are getting the ball back after the half. Of course. And we, they've just got, they've just rattled off twenty one points on you without even really breaking a sweat. And you I, get the chance I, I, from the two fucking yard line and you think and I'm, there's a bit of me that understands it because you don't you think you'd be deflated only getting a field goal. Imagine how deflated you'd be if you get nothing. But at least go you've got to you're not gonna beat them by it shows by the right field intent. Goals. Of course. Yeah. I, 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 I had think, I, I had a bit you... of a different different reaction at that point. Not not because uh, the cold light of day, yeah, they should have gone for it for the reasons that you say, but I just had this my gut felt that Buffalo had just taken such a hammering from the nine points that they had earlier, just a sucker punch for the rest of the half. And there was a part of me that just felt, actually, let's get some points on the board and stop the rot and then regroup at halftime and come back. But that's that. how so, I saw it. I get but, that. So then you come out the start of the third quarter, you get another good drive going, again you get into the red zone and you kick the field goal again. It's like and so now we're twenty four fifteen and yet I understand that suddenly you know it's you're closer but you're running out of opportunities. You're running out of opportunities, yeah, yeah. considering you know you're going to give the ball back to Pat Mahomes. And what's what's he going to do? He's likely going to go and score, which is exactly what he did. You know, we we changed in the second half to attack him more, and this is very much a difference between him and and Josh Allen, who I don't think was horrendous in this game by any stretch of the imagination. But when they they sent a lot of pressure at us, and they defensively they were excellent. Coverage was excellent. They got after they got after the. Um, the quarterback well the, the sack by Tyron Matthew was was superb but when they came at us because of the coverage and because of how we were trying to play you could see we didn't have that option when we got after Pat Mahomes he stood there he surveyed what was going on he saw his open guy and he passed it to him and then that was that was Tyreek Hill who then go and charges up the field for 70 yards that's the difference between Pat, where Pat Mahomes is at the moment and where Josh Allen is at the moment, that he can, despite that pressure coming, he can still see, make a change, see what you need to do, read it, find your open guy. And Josh couldn't quite do that in this game. I think, and it's it's very understandable, they're your team that have just lost in the AFC Championship game. Um, my reaction is that you're being quite harsh on them. Um, and for the fact that you mentioned yourself from the start, that was the only stop that anybody got. From, um, that's the only time that Pat Mahomes didn't score. Oh yeah, Def- um, defensively, but, at then, the end of the day, you can only do what you can do against players that are that good. If you've got potentially the best quarterback that we've ever seen, um, plus with the fastest wide receiver and the best tight end in football, it's it's really fucking hard to stop that. I, but, I think the the big difference the big difference between the Bills and the Packers is you're not looking back at this thinking. Oh, we've missed that. That opportunity could have won us the game. That opportunity yeah, yeah. could have won us the game. It wasn't. It wasn't that close, as you said. But no. I think that it. Yeah, 
so many teams have lost to Kansas City in ways in a very similar way. Um, and you, Josh, Josh Allen, um, Skip Bayless is a dick, and plenty of other dick opinions are out there. Um, I'd, it, he seemed under pressure the whole game. Kansas City threw the yeah, kitchen yeah. sink at him in and a way no, that other teams haven't had done. But when you're Kansas City and you've got their offense, you can afford to do that on defense and take a few risks. Um, and it worked. And it, it probably was always going to work. Um, if Unless Buffalo scored more than 38, 38 points, um, KC were going to win that game. And Kansas City themselves probably left some points on the field. Um, yeah. It just it just felt... I don't. I don't think Josh Allen did that badly, considering. No, what, I no, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think he did. And like you said, they sent everybody, and when they sent everybody, more often than not, he had no one, to, no one open to throw to. Yeah. This yeah. this for me is it's another learning game. I mean, Josh Allen, he he has been excellent this year. If he can keep up this kind of level, if this is his standard year in the NFL, he's going to play in a lot of these games, and sometimes. It's painful to lose these right now, but it may put you in a better position in the future when, you know, you can lean on those experiences yeah. because, you know, you look at how quarterbacks who are experienced deal with those kind of pressures. There's specific things in the schemes, quick outs, whatever, that allow them to get the ball away. And it just looked like he wasn't quite ready to do that yet. What I would say is that the biggest thing for me here is... I think the only way you can beat the Chiefs, particularly with Mahomes, Mahomes looked less injured with that foot injury than he had done the previous week. He, he looked he looked a lot more comfortable. He didn't look fully comfortable. He looked more comfortable on it. But you weren't able to get pressure on him. And I think if you were able to get pressure on him, then there might have been... A different outcome. Give, give me an example just... of a team who's been able to put Mahomes under pressure. Well, that, that, was, where that's, was, that's that was where the, I was going, problem. though. That's the problem. That their, their offensive and... line is doing a brilliant job, particularly now he isn't able to be as mobile as he has been in the past, just in terms of giving him time to throw the ball. Yeah. I and answer be... to Adam's question, the Raiders and the Chargers both managed it and both ran them close, if not beat them in the season. So the template is there. It's a hard template to carry out, but they're not invincible. I assume you're not talking about the Chargers game against Chenny. You're talking about the other Chargers game. Yeah. yeah. The one that went to overtime. I think think the like from what, because I like a lot of people had seen, you know, in the last however many weeks it was, like six weeks, the Chiefs had won by a combined 32 points and the Bills had won their games in the last six weeks by a combined 132 points. So the Chiefs' biggest win going into this game in the last 10 weeks or something was by six points. They weren't blowing teams out. We've said and, that before. They always, they always seem to just do what they have to. Yeah, There's always another they, they gear were, that they But can, they were allowing teams back in a lot of the time. They were starting quick and allowing teams back in. But this was this was a, a performance on another level. They were they we we didn't look like we were getting anywhere near, even around when we were dicking about with onside kicks and um those couple of scores at the end that made it look less. By the way, a question on that sequence that a few I've seen a few people make something of this of of going for two when you're you're trying to get to within sixteen points or whatever it was. Uh, you're going to have to convert a two-point conversion anyway. At some stage, yes, of course. Yeah, you know it's. It depends what order the points are scored in, but I get, I get the fact the dif- that you want to the get dif- the difference scores. is if you go for two and you get it, you only on one of them you only need to get seven. If you go for two and miss it, then it's a three-point game rather than it being a two-point game if you just kick the extra point. 
yeah, it, it, it felt, it did feel the wrong decision, but I don't, it, it's not as big a deal, I think, as, as, as some are making, out, making it out. Plenty, plenty more miraculous stuff had to happen. And it, it was, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and at the end of the day, had, had we gone down and scored there rather than throwing the, throwing the pick, you put the ball back in Pat Mahomes' hand and all he's going to do is go down and score one on you. So it's, <laughs> it really yeah, doesn't make much of a difference. I mean, thinking about it from a neutral's point of view, you'd rather be in the Bills' position right now than Green Bay's position right now, I think, because the Bills are getting better and better the last few years, getting closer and closer to the big game, closer and closer to the title. Yeah. Green Bay, they've got a Our veteran... Getting closer and closer to retirement. Or closer and closer to flancing off somewhere, possibly as well. You don't know, but they don't have the pieces. They're not building in the direction you'd want them to be building in. There's a. It looks a lot more fragile, a lot more likely to fall apart. Whereas the Bills seem to be heading in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, you you hope so. Like Pat Mahomes lost his first championship game. Um, admittedly, it was in his first year of playing, but he's um <laughs> he's just that guy's just a freak. He's as good when he's being tackled as he is when he's like not being tackled. It's ridiculous. Um, I don't but... the, the thing about him evading pressure and being mobile. I don't think he, I don't. He's not. He doesn't need to be. He can still evade pressure just by a couple of steps here and there. Just yeah. his pocket awareness is unbelievable, and he's so good. He's so accurate that even when he was being wrapped up by Matt Milano on one tackle, he still put in a throw to Del- uh, to Kelsey that was right on the money. It was, was really it's, it's not scary. fair, because with Kelsey, you can throw it to somewhere near his feet, and he's just going to catch <laughs> yeah, it anyway. Fair. It's just but, not fair. But with regards to Buffalo, I think I think you're right, Pat, or I hope you're right, in that we it's definitely an upward trajectory. My, my goal for this season, when Craig asked me at the start of the season what the target was for the Bills, was to win a playoff game. To win two... To win the AFC East was amazing. To get to the championship game was incredible and beyond what I would have thought this season. There are there's clearly a couple of positions that we need um, to to work on. We need some form of running game. Um, we need some kind of coverage coverage linebacker. We need to get in a proper pass rush, um, like an edge rush or something, or hope that Epinesa takes the step in, into the second year. There is clearly holes to fill. But the foundation is there, you think, for at least a decent run at this. It's all yeah. easier when you've got a franchise quarterback and you've established yeah. that, which is what's happened this year. The, the only, I mean, everything we do, as Sean McDermott has said since, needs to now be centred around, if you want to get to a Super Bowl, you've got to go through Kansas City. Because <laughs> while, while they've Can't got... change Pat, that. No, because while they've got Pat Mahomes, you need to either find a way to stop him or outscore them. And at the minute, we weren't good enough to do either. Green Bay have got two plus points, I guess. They've got better running backs that they sometimes bafflingly choose not to use. And <laughs> they're in the NFC. And that's not really something you can do anything about. <laughs> yeah, that's all. I don't, think, I don't think the NFC can be nearly as bad next year as it has been this year. Or at least I hope not. It's, it's got to get better, right? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like, I think all the eight quarterbacks seem to be in that conference. The, the... Yeah. So maybe not. I mean, it's uh, there's it's always difficult to second guess which divisions are going to be strong a year or two from now because we know that yeah. things just change and yeah, you can't predict everything. Um, right. Yeah. Obviously, we can't predict anything. Super Bowl. You can't. We can't predict anything. Yeah, we predicted a Packers Bills Super Bowl. Um, I know you didn't, Pat. I know. 
um, but as a consensus, we did. And I know Craig didn't either before he has me over the coals for not mentioning that. Um, Who? But I don't know. I don't know. He's, he's going to come and do a quiz. You said week. Craig, not Greg. That's why Mark, Craig, that's why Mark's yeah. confused. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> yeah. So I think Doug has been on this podcast more recently than Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> um, yeah, Bucks Chiefs. As 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 we've alluded to, we're going to look ahead to that properly next week. And Craig has promised his annual quiz, um, so <laughs> hopefully he'll he'll turn up for that. Um, other news in the NFL, seeing as we've only had two games to talk about, although that's long enough, quite frankly. Adam, Adam but... before you move on, we should we should probably preview the Pro Bowl. So that was a good preview of the Pro Bowl. <laughs> what the, is it even <laughs> happening this year? Worth. That's not. It's not even happening this year, they is it? Doing, I thought they were doing some weird virtual thing. You oh, are literally wasting everybody's time. <laughs> <laughs> well, they listen to this podcast. What, what else do they expect? That's that's a good point. Let's preview the poll Pro Bowl. It's, it's on Madden. Oh fuck! Yeah, off, it's ser- yeah. seriously. It's on Madden. That's, that is that is about all it's worth. Anyway, the problem with, I guess, this time is that they don't get the little jolly to Hawaii or wherever it is. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> it's the only reason anyone turns up. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, an odd, it's an odd thing to say about the positives that COVID has brought, but that is sure <laughs> one of them. It's definitely up there. <laughs> um, right. Um, yeah, as I say, other things to talk about. That wasn't one of the ones I had in mind, but um, there you go. Apologies, listeners, for the last 90 seconds of this podcast. Um, Sorry, apologies for the last six years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why are you still listening? This, is, this isn't our fault, it's yours. You've got anything better to do. <laughs> You're right, not even Dan, Dan Campbell, the new Detroit Lions head coach. Oh, now, amazing. we talked about some of the other coach coaching hires a week or two ago um this hadn't happened at that point also i forgot to mention that the lions had a vacancy um, which is standard because no one cares <laughs> well no we we've we established as recently as well that we should talk a bit more about the lions as because we never do and nobody ever does and we, we had an argument about matthew stafford i think um, but um, <laughs> they have well matthew stafford could be on his way elsewhere um Let's have well. Let's talk about that in a minute. But first, Dan Campbell, a man who is going to remove kneecaps. <laughs> what do we think <laughs> about this? Jesus, I mean, he just came. I don't know what it was, but I, to me, he just came across as being so instantly dislikable <laughs> that it, I like. Yeah, but I, I don't want to take my eyes off it. This is going to be fantastic like, entertainment. He's the NFL's replacement because they know that Gase is not going to get a head coach job this year, and somebody has to be that that guy. So Dan was, Campbell is now that guy. Yeah. Just, was idiotic in a more boring way, though. This <laughs> this could be fun. Do you think? I mean, like, I don't understand it at, at all. You, why? I never, I, I never really get it. Why someone goes from being a tight ends coach to being a head coach? Um, it, it, there's something to me that says that he's gone into an interview and wowed an owner with his rah, 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 kneecaps bollocks. But actually, <laughs> yeah. if he was that good, he would be a an offensive coordinator somewhere. And uh, yeah, it's bonkers. It's just the Lions. Or, all over. Or the Lions have realised that going 
seven and nine, nine and seven every year for for a decade is not how you actually get to a point of winning. And they've realised that what's a really good idea is to tank for two years running with a guy who's useless. Yeah, they go down the Browns route. Yep, they are Brownsing it up. Fine. How did things go for them after they went zero and sixteen? By the way. <laughs> Well, yeah. they massively successful, was it? <laughs> that's what that's what happened. And then went seven and nine for a decade. Well, that that's not quite true. I mean, he took them to the playoffs two or three times. Um, the we've had this discussion recently. I, I don't think it was actually on air on the pod, but um, partly arguing about how good Matthew Stafford is. Um, but the the Megatron years, which were sadly too few in number, um, but they got quite a few wins with Megatron. Um, mm-hmm. They never went deep into the playoffs. Um, but they did get to that dance a couple of times. Um, but yeah, there were there was sort of a set an eleven and five, ten and six year, something like that. Um, but it was too fleeting. Um, they've they've gone through too many head coaches in that era. Yeah, um, and, and too many shit head coaches as well. Like yeah, well that would probably like be Matt, all Matt of Patricia was a disaster. Um, yeah, it's just just the, this head this hire is just the lines all over. Then they've got like people like Eric Bieniemy who is proving to be an absolute offensive genius and respected throughout the league. How are people not hiring these people? I don't know. (laughs) I I don't know. Instead, you go for what appears to be like an all-American Trump-supporting cheerleader um, to be your new head coach. It's just it says everything about the lines. I mean, there was a moratorium on them while they were still in the playoffs, wasn't there, in terms of Dable and the enemy? But... um... Well, you, about, I don't think that that doesn't. You can you can't anyone, you it? can interview them, but you can't hire them. Yeah, and so and if, if you want someone that issue. much, then that seems to be the issue that I'd heard for a couple of positions, a, a couple of these head coaching jobs where neither of them would commit a hundred percent to the job. So they were like, "Well, screw you. We're going to hire someone we can hire now. We're going to hire a moron instead of maybe yes. getting somebody really good." <laughs> Yeah, someone who might our, be a genius. He was our tight end once for a couple of years and was rubbish, so he'll do. Just... It was it was a surreal interview, and it reminded me of like just nipping into a random pub to watch a sports game, and some random madman is always in there latches totally. onto you, and I have a, like a diatribe at you, and you're like, the guy I'm just scared, and I want to get away from this guy, but I also can't leave. Maybe that's how he got the job. They couldn't say no because they were scared of him. He's the guy that comes in when you're going for a piss at your urinal at half time, stands next to you and decides that you're his new best mate. Yeah, exactly. You're his best mate up until the point that you're not, and then you end up dead in some bins. <laughs> yeah. With no kneecaps, apparently. <laughs> just, maybe, uh, maybe that's what's happened. He's just, he's got this job out of fear of him. You know, they're, they're literally scared of him. Um, Matthew Stafford is obviously scared of him. Um, if there was any any question about him staying, that seemed to go immediately out the window as soon as. Why as soon would as... you stay? Why would you stay in that situation if you had any chance to get out? Yeah. Um, Can I give you a Stafford stat? So um, only two quarterbacks have thrown for more than four thousand forty-five thousand yards and gone for less than one hundred and fifty interceptions, and that's Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers. Which is damn impressive, considering the team he was on. Yes. Yeah. He's never he's never had much of a defense. He's never had he's never had that good a team. Like his offensive lines have been consistently pap for like you know not shot not far off a decade. Stick him in a good side, and that guy like as as I alluded to in the WhatsApp group, you put him in at New Orleans, and they they win a Super Bowl. 
I would like to see what he does somewhere else. I mean, yeah. if if I'm well, honest, if we tra- if we trade for him, I'm on board. Yeah. Like, see what he can do. Yeah. I, I like Jimmy, but I'm fine if they there's there's a situation at the moment where Stafford looks much more durable than Jimmy G. If that gives us a chance this season to to have a playoff run, I'm in. You've changed your tune. Um uh, no. <laughs> We'll have this discussion, <laughs> not on air, because you know it will take forever. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't need to do that again. Um, and I get I get where you were coming from. Um, but I, I just I, with Matthew Stafford, I just think he would improve most teams overnight. He really would. Um, that stat you mentioned, Pat, just it shows how well he's done in in an organisation that we're not fans of, largely, <laughs> and it looks like we're still not. Um, but. <laughs> Um, that is one one guy who has excelled um, for you know they've he's been there eleven years. That's a long yeah, that's that's most of his career, um, and he's you know arguably sensibly going to try and get a shot of some success somewhere else. Um, the Niners you mentioned, the Colts seem to be mentioned, the New England Patriots have been mentioned. Um, yeah, he's he's going to improve all of those teams. The Colts case. Um, Philip Rivers has retired. Um, I'm going to miss him. To spend more time with his extensive families. Or at least, or finally get round to churning out a decent quantity of kids rather than the lackluster <laughs> effort so far. He's really, he's, yeah, it's been poor. He's, he just wants to spend a couple of years actually learning how to throw a football properly. Or has he... I wonder about... Maybe he's actually now going to have a vasectomy because... Do you think he's been worried about like recovery from the vasectomy in- interrupting his career? And now he's got the opportunity to go and do it. Um, Phil, Phil, there, there are other forms of contraception. They've been around all this time. Um, are you trying to lure him back to the Jets? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Quarterbacks coach. <laughs> We've sort of ruled it out because he's retired, but people come out of retirement. We do. Yeah. Brett Favre um, went to the Jets. Yeah, <laughs> he he had he actually retired. I think he had. Yeah, yeah. So it's on. Rivers to the Jets, Stafford to the Colts. Um, <laughs> so what what we're concluding out of all of this is Philip Rivers is is going to the Jets. In fact, I think we can officially say we can announce that, that now. We can announce that that <laughs> Philip Rivers is is going to the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> Going back, going back to sensible at this point. <laughs> going back to possible Stafford landing spots, I don't honestly see him going to New England because I don't see them as being unless they unless they go bananas on uh, wide receiver free agents, which doesn't feel like a very Patriots thing to do. I just don't see them being better, so much better. Yeah, and that's the thing. He's not going to go to a full rebuild franchise. I can see him going somewhere that he thinks have a chance of winning in the next couple of seasons. Colts, the Colts, whoever said that. Colts makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, Colts makes sense. sense. Uh, Saints makes a lot of sense. There's there's a number of teams that would make a lot of sense for him as far as he's seeing it. Yeah. I mean, interesting stuff going on. A lot of QBs potentially on the market that you wouldn't have expected. Aaron Rodgers, I th- no, surely he'll stay in Green Bay. He's, he's, but... he's alluded this evening to the fact that he isn't going anywhere. 
Uh, yeah, okay. Um, the, I think that was that post-game six... disappointment more than anything in that interview. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But one, one thing that's more than post-game or post-season disappointment is Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah. Who, who didn't he say he actually wanted to go to the Jets? And what's wrong with him? <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, I, I know. Philip Rivers is going he... there. There won't yeah, be a spot for him. That's what true. are you talking about? <laughs> But oh, he needs to learn He just needs to turn <laughs> yeah, up what, and sit. Go there just, and back the rivers up. <laughs> he just wants to sit behind rivers for two seasons and learn, learn that frying out. Learn his trades, yeah. Learn his trades. <laughs> it's um if you if you have a look at, I think Schefter put out a list that was the the quarterbacks whose futures are in question in terms of them either already having said that they're going to move on or out of contract. The list is ridiculous. It's it's Watson, Rogers, arguably Stafford, Dak Prescott, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater, see, Trubitsky, Winston, Fitzpatrick, Smith, and Roethlisberger. A lot of that list aren't going anywhere. You would expect not. Um, Roethlisberger yeah, definitely isn't. A lot a lot of that list is trade questions as well and i don't know that anyone's actually got enough draft capital to get to sean watson not at the not at the level of the texans will be determined to get back so much of the draft capital that was given uh, away this, is, this is the texans they'll give him away for a fourth no it's not o'brien anymore oh, so they need to claw all of that back that's the thing they're like this is the one opportunity to get some draft capital for the next two years but it's, it's going to be a crazy off season when you think that in terms of question like quarterbacks who have absolutely no question over their future from either a retirement um end of contract or trade or just whatever it is um point of view the number of quarterbacks who there is no question over is about 10 um i can actually live news while we're on the pod um the texans head coach has been announced Ooh. Um, Ooh. i don't know who this is it's phil o'ryan i thought you were gonna say four rivers there for a second phil oh. o'ryan is going to be the head coach of the houston texans so a new regime um maybe he maybe he's he's gonna have similar values to bill o'brien who knows <laughs> can you imagine it's just phil o- it's just bill o'brien with a new tash <laughs> that was the joke, which uh, I don't think you got as quickly no, as I, I was didn't. hoping. There, Mandy Breed all over. I again. was genuinely trying to find out if they'd announce someone. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this Phil O'Ryan chap you speak of? Uh, although for a joke to fall that flat, I'm quite pleased with how it went in a funny <laughs> way. Oh dear, Phil. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm not taking much seriously right now. Um, why haven't Why haven't the Texans announced a head coach yet? Does no one want to go there? Well, no, unless just... unless they're going to get um, one of the names we've been talking about, which is possible. Well, the the, the rumor is that the, the the two that they were down to were Bienemy, which would suggest why they can't announce him and Leslie Frazier. Um, you wonder if the the last game puts them off Leslie Frazier a bit. Um, and they actually, because it, that, it was the direct battle between that offensive coordinator and that defensive coordinator, and very much Biennemi came out on top. The one thing Biennemi won't have, potentially, in Houston is, well, he definitely won't have Mahomes, but he might not even have Watson. <laughs> he also won't have Andy Reid telling him what to do, yeah. which is the question mark. I don't think that's true, but that seems to be... I, I think you, you, listen to the pl- you listen to the players and the other coaches that have come out of that Andy Reid coaching tree, and... You know the the people who are 
in playoffs at the moment are are Andy Reid disciples and the players like wax lyrical about the enemy. I think he I think he's going to be head coach for a long time in this league. Yeah, you're changing your mind based on one game on a guy who's got a twenty year career, then you're you don't deserve any success. We're talking about the Texans though, aren't we? Anything's yeah. possible. <laughs> I mean, I think you know maybe they don't need a head coach. Maybe they just need to appoint a pope. And, uh, <laughs> they say a lot of good things about their new GM. They tried to get Nick Casario three or four, five years ago, but the Patriots blocked it. Um, and he wanted to go. He apparently is is very well respected in the league. So that sounds like a, a move in the right direction. But you feel like they have they've got to get the head coaching move right. For me, this this needs to be a GM head coach combo that you can see running for like five plus years minimum you've yeah. they've got to be in long-term contracts you've got to yeah. trust them that they'll they'll do those jobs over because that franchise at the moment that that's it's where the oh, niners it's, were it's, a few years ago it's where the dolphins it's another, were. it's another full last. rebuild assuming yeah assuming watson's gone you've got to be yeah. bringing that's in why the watson made, trade makes sense really because get what you can have they, have they got enough around him to make it probably not so you know maybe like uh, the the Dolphins for Pitts and Tua trade makes a lot of sense for me, given where both teams are at the moment. I it just a long feel sad shot, for Tua. But it doesn't seem impossible. Oh yeah, it's another Josh Rosen, isn't it? Really, if that sort of happens, but uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe if you bring in Bienemy in and he thinks Tua can be the guy, then it's not so much because Rosen got screwed by yeah, that's the true. Not, regime, not believing in him. Um, but yeah, I. D- it's an interesting one. I do think that's the way to go, though, is just to blow everything up. I mean, to the point of you just trade away everything. You can do what Miami did, trade yeah. away everything. And Miami now look good and still have, what, number three pick in the draft this year? From Houston, in fact. Yeah, from yes, Houston. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The, yeah, I, just, I honestly think Deshaun Watson's the reason that the Texans weren't, um, with the Jets, uh, 0-16, 1-15 sort of territory. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's just... But not because, not because they didn't have talent there. I'd be, I can't imagine being a Texans fan after everything that they've done. It's just shocking that here we are. Um, I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> Shall <laughs> we have some any other business? Um other than any glaring stories that I've missed or things that I said we were going to talk about that I've missed, which is quite likely. Um, I've just decided to largely spend the last 10 minutes laughing at Rivers going to the Jets and then the Texans. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do. Um, Hopefully some of you said some sensible things in amongst that. (laughs) I do my best. (laughs) Um, Pat, why don't you start with uh, some any other business? Sure. I mean, it's been a fairly quiet week. I have very much enjoyed um, at Jack Byrne 23, Jack Bernhardt on Twitter. He's done a, a write up of the 124 best moments of Taskmaster. And it's <laughs> been a, a read that's just, it's not often you read a thing that makes you laugh out loud repeatedly, but just the way he's captured the essence of the things that happened and reminded you of them. And it's kind of refreshing and entertaining more so than i expected for just a write-up of a comedy show so yeah it's worth checking out if you're um of a taskmaster enjoying ilk it takes quite something to do a list like that and add to the material you've already got because it's it's very easy to list the best moments of a great show and just it works because it makes people remember great moments of a great show but to do it and actually add to 
add to the picture your painting is quite impressive um, yeah he's 100 percent on injustice it's really well done cool. um i was like you've love 90 percent of the time you've got a little positive aob pat it's always good i try um, to balance it out um, <laughs> with that in mind i'll get mine out of the way and i don't have much to say um we've we've definitely covered um the united kingdom leaving the european union on this podcast before um, but the fact <laughs> i think that it, i think it's come up it's come up <laughs> the fact that the wait what happened the grace period and everything is out the way and it's all it's all done um i've just sent a we've, i say i when i say i doing some work i mean emma has sent a box full of some stuff to my sister in austria um which is some cabbage chocolate and cards a couple of little tiny presents for my nephew and niece and um she's had to pay 24 euros to receive the delivery amazing great isn't it you know this is this isn't ordering hundreds of pounds worth of merchandise from america that you've got to pay customs on this is this is what this is one of the many benefits that the european union brought us is that there wouldn't be crap like that and now there is it makes me laugh the amount of times i'm watching the news and seeing um like companies guys who've owned fishing companies for 20 years that are now saying that brexit is effectively going to end their business because they can't afford to pay the tariffs to get their product into the into europe despite voting for brexit well mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean you yeah. bought the lie you were the idiot um this is totally on on you i i yeah i kind of feel i just really hope that they can make it over the next few months get get to the point where they can start either exporting to europe or somewhere else because it, honestly it's going to fuck our economy even more than it has been already with all this yeah. stuff going on it just it makes i'm not i'm not angry at people who voted for brexit based on what they thought they were going to get i'm i'm angry at the people that sold them a dream that just clearly couldn't happen and i just hope that we can make the best of what we've ended up with uh, but we won't because we're being offered things like you know free movement for musicians you can oh. join the eu scheme and rather than saying okay thanks that's 400 great. different schemes to replace but, one scheme th- that works they, they, they said yeah. no we don't want to join your scheme that you've offered us to join for free we want this that we've written ourselves presumably in crayon on the back of a menu and the eu rejected it because they've got a perfectly good scheme already that they offered for us to join for free and it's like the the pride of the people involved in the negotiations for want of a better word because it's not really negotiations it's just bumblefuck it's ruining a lot of things yeah. but it's fine because the nhs had is had going to get 350 million pounds a week so you know don't worry about it the <laughs> irony is that's that it could really do with that yeah um, yeah really needs it so good job it's getting that to be honest yeah 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 um uh what it's quite a lot of money every week as well it's a lot uh, yeah coronavirus it's, it comes in handy uh, I could, I'm not going to go on Mark any other business snow pisses me off um... <laughs> oh god Rich any other business <laughs> um, yeah just the, the the most frustrating DIY moment I've had in a long time which is having an electric screwdriver and not being able to find the charger when you're going to spend an entire afternoon screwing brackets into onto wood I did it all manually. It was fucking shit. How? I do not recommend it. Fine. Do it. Find your charger and do it tomorrow. Yeah, Come on. Go I, find I, another I, one. I, I've no idea where it is. 
I'm, I'm going to have to ransack the place at some point, but I couldn't. Well, there's no point now. You've done it. it. I couldn't face it long. Yeah, I assume I'll need to use it again at some point in the future, Adam. No, you're done. Yeah, and then, and then when you do, you won't be able to find it. Yeah. Mark, do you really want to talk about snow? No, it's What's amusing is that I, it was literally going to be snow pisses me off. That's that's me. <laughs> and you moved on at exactly the right time. <laughs> and now you've gone back to it and ruined the joke again, Adam. <sighs> Call yourself a this host. This basically been a podcast of... Adam's jokes falling flat. <laughs> Even the one I nailed, I then went back to to make it fall flat after the event. I think it's the Bill Belichick hoodie that does it. It's hard to joke in that. <laughs> um, any other bits of business for anybody? No, let's go home. Good. I'm already, I'm already home technically, but let's stay here. <laughs> Right, we'll be yeah, we'll be back next week to look ahead to the Super Bowl. Craig will have a quiz as promised. Um, you know, you know what Probably. you're going to get from us. You know, <laughs> um, enjoy the Pro Bowl um, this weekend. <laughs> oh, they seem or just play some Madden yourself instead. Is it even going? Is it even, is it going to be played by like some of those esport wankers that like? Is right. that what's happening? I think some players are involved in actually playing. What I'd like is for Reynolds and Gale and Reinbold to get together and host like like a proper game and then talk about the Madden. No, I wouldn't like that. Why would anybody like I would that? like Reinbold just to get a GoPro on his head and head to the clubs that he likes. I'd watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that over the Pro Bowl any day of the week. Did, didn't didn't he wasn't he the guy in the prodigy video with the the night <laughs> out? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Definitely should be if it wasn't him. <laughs> It's based on one. It's based on a true story of a Rheinbold night out. <laughs> <laughs> right, we are definitely done. Um, thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye. Weird what, you, what did you say about Bill Belichick? I was I was laughing. Your hoodie. And, what? Your hoodie. It looks like a Bill Belichick hoodie. I thought you said honey. <laughs> hoodie makes a lot more sense. I've no idea what Bill Belichick's honey is like. I don't want to know. <laughs> oh, I bet he 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 seems he like the kind wife? that would keep bees. I was, more thinking, of his, thing. I was more thinking of the, uh, the you know his his honey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm googling Bill Belichick honey and seeing what comes up. Oh, don't Robert Kraft. Do